Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time to take a look around the NFL with John McClain from gallerysports.com and Sports Radio 610. Here's your boy Q. And John McClain joins us on the phone lines now from gallerysports.com and Sports Radio 610 in H-Town. And John, we appreciate your time as always. And I love the deep dive NFL, but I also love to give you your flowers when deserved. And, well, the Houston Astros are the World Series champs. Dusty Baker gets uh, his first World Series champ as a or his first ring as a manager. Uh, what's it all like in H-Town, man? How proud are you today? Everybody's fired up. They won an untainted World Series. It's like a dark cloud queue has been lifted off of Houston. Uh, there was such a celebration yesterday downtown. Police estimated somewhere close to 2 million people. And I think everybody felt the same way to see the Astros win one after all the abuse they've been putting up with on the road, social media, national media. And everybody's happy for Dusty Baker. Dusty said today he will be back next season. They've called a news conference for tomorrow. It could be to announce that Dusty and the general manager, James Click, will be back. Or I'm sure it's way too soon to announce that Justin Verlander has signed a new contract uh, because most people here believe he will opt out of his contract that pays him $25 million next year and uh, become a free agent. And they're worried about losing him, even though they still have six more legitimate starting pitchers. Nice. Must be nice. Must be nice to be in Houston. And how much does that kind of ease the pain of the Texans being bad? The Rockets obviously are very young and not very good. But just does that kind of clean everything up for Houston sports right now? The Rockets have been the worst team the last two years. Texans have been one of the worst two teams three years in a row. They have combined for two victories. And uh, it does. Since I've been in Houston, actually, Q, I've been following sports here since the Astros were born in 62. There's never been a discrepancy between one team and the others like there is now. The Astros are like in the stratosphere, and the Texans and the Rockets, if you can imagine, they're way, way down down the, the sports food chain. It's just amazing, the disparity. Oh, I bet. I have no doubt. Again, we're talking with John McClain from GalleriesSports.com and Sports Radio 610 here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Again, very happy for Dusty Baker. Glad he was able to get that ring as a manager. Now, John, want to turn our attention to the NFL, and I got to start with Indy. I would like to start with the Raiders, but I got to start with Indy and, and everything going on with Jeff Saturday now as the interim coach with Frank Reich out. Uh, have you ever seen something as bizarre as what's going on in Indy these days? No, this is the first time this has happened since Norm Van Brocklin quarterback who retired and went straight to being a head coach in 1915. And I'm thinking either Jim Irsay has a grand plan. Jeff Saturday's one of Peyton Manning's best friends. Maybe he's going to offer Peyton a chance to take over the organization, which is something Peyton wants to do if the right situation came along. Or he's doing this to try to get the first, taking the draft for the first time since they drafted Andrew Luck, and and see if they can have their pick of the quarterbacks. Other than that, it makes no sense whatsoever. It might not be meant to his madness. It may just be madness. 
Yeah, it feels like it's it's just a lot of madness. We just had an insider on from uh, from India who was talking about it. He had never seen anything like this happen around the Colts. And John, correct me if I'm wrong, but teams can't can they they can't hire a guy from outside the building, right? They have to be somewhat employed by the team to be uh, an interim coach. Yeah, you, you can bring in anybody you want if you do that. But then you're exposed to Rooney rule. There's no Rooney rule in effect right now. Um, like there would be if uh, it was a normal coaching search. and uh, But it's, it's so strange. You know, Jeff Saturday does a great job on ESPN, but I've never heard anywhere, anytime, kid, that he had coaching aspirations. And now I'm guessing Jim Mercy has been calling him as a consultant to see what he thought about their team and how bad they are. I'll tell you what, I have never seen Nursery as involved in that organization as he has been the last month or so. And that's not good when an owner gets that much involved. But it's amazing. A lot of people thought they were going to win the division. And now the Titans are going to run away with it again. <laughs> right. And, you know, they, they put up a heck of a performance on Sunday night against Kansas City. Of course, it was in a loss. But if they had a quarterback that could complete a pass or two, I mean, they win that game. What did you think of that Sunday night game between the Titans and the Chiefs? I had seen them beat uh, the Texans with Malik Willis making his first start, throwing one pass in the second half. You don't see that anywhere anymore. And... Uh, Mike Grable does a great coaching job as long as he's got Derrick Henry and a, a really physical, uh, effective defense where it's capable of beating anybody, including the Chiefs at Arrowhead. I, I was stunned that they came as close as they did. Talking right now with John McClain from gallerysports.com and also Sports Radio 610 here on Radio Nation Radio 920. My man DeMond's got one for you. Tighten up. But, um, <laughs> John, the one thing that I wanted to ask you about, the Cowboys, they're always making news. They're always trying to capture the headlines. OBJ, do you think it would be a good signing for the Cowboys? And do you think that the deal is close to being done? They need another receiver. He thinks he's going to come back in November. It's November. And I wouldn't put it past Jerry Jones at all. If you think there was talk about him going to Buffalo, then Green Bay, and I'm pretty sure he's not going back to the Rams. They can give that locker to somebody else. And the Cowboys are a legitimate contender to win the division in their battle with Philadelphia. They can earn a wild card berth. Plus, they can play uh, home games indoors, which is much more conducive in December and January than playing outdoors as he has to at the Giants and the Eagles and the Commanders. So I wouldn't put it past Jerry Jones. I think for him to say that on his radio show this close to when Beckham is supposed to make up his mind might be kind of a little tip that he thinks he's going to get him. Right, or he already has kind of a wink-wink handshake that uh, it's going to happen because Jerry Jones usually, nine times out of ten, gets what he wants. Again, we're talking with John McClain here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So let me bring you closer to home. Let's talk about the Raiders. They released another former first-round pick in Jonathan Abram today. Uh, I I couldn't tell you, John, how many first-round picks are no longer with the silver and black. I know it's not very many. One, how does that just? How much does that just kill the depth on your team when you don't hit on draft picks, at least some of them? Well, they didn't pick up the fifth-year option on Jacobs, and he's doing pretty well. And um, it's terrible. I've seen the Texans go the last two years, no number one picks. They also lost two, all in the 
trade for left tackle Laramie Tunsil. Now, I'm Texans have the first pick. They could use a safety. I'm interested to see if they claim them, but that's it seems surprising, especially when the team's losing as it is and losing the way it does. But that happens a lot when you got a new regime, but especially with a general manager and a coach. They want their guys. They want the guys that fit their culture. And you either get on board or you get off. Are you surprised by the timing of it? You know, with not waiting until the end of the season and just moving on and then trying to get a compensatory pick? Well, that, that could be the case, but if they wanted him gone, there's something we don't know because it's not like uh, I, I saw he got less playing time, but mm-hmm. something has got to be there behind the scenes that made them make this move now. Again, we're talking with John McClain here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And, John, before the season ever started, you said that there was a lot of pressure on this regime because this team went to the playoffs last season. Well, now they're sitting there at 2-6, and six, and they've lost three games this year where they had 17-point leads. What what does that tell you about the locker room or the players and the team when they, they lose leads like that? Losing is like winning. Uh, it's contagious. And when you're struggling and things start to go bad, they must win. Players will never admit that. But they do. You know, it's, it might be subconsciously. Uh, it's obvious they got a problem. And I think if they win a game like that, cube, it might work in the other direction because they're way too much talented to be as bad as they are right now. Okay, John, when it comes to the Indianapolis Colts, Sam Ellinger, I looked up the stats. He has not thrown a touchdown pass in his NFL career Jinx. as of yet. There you go. Well, come on, Q. I mean, he's got to get it eventually. I mean, you've seen this Colts team. What do you think about them on paper or at least what they've put on the product on field already this season? I think as long as Jonathan Taylor has been hurt, which has been most of the year, their, their offense is built around him. And I think we're seeing the the effects of that, of him not being in the lineup regularly. Now, I don't know why they went with Sam Ellinger over Nick Foles. I understand why they benched Matt Ryan, because they didn't want to take a chance on him getting hurt, owing him another $15 million next season. But the moves they've made so far look like they're tanking for the high draft choice, and we're going to have a big battle in late December. Texans and Colts who tied in the first game here. We're going to see him playing in Indianapolis. Could be the first overall pick. Yeah, there may be a couple other teams involved in that uh, sweepstakes as well. We'll have to wait to see how all that <laughs> shakes out. John, I wanted to ask you what's going on in Green Bay uh, with Aaron Rodgers. Of course, Devontae Adams is here, so we knew that there was going to be a little bit of a letdown in the offense, but it looks like the wheels are completely off in Green Bay. What have you thought of that situation? It's astonishing. Here's the MVP played great the last two years. He looks disinterested. I watched the game Sunday throwing red zone interceptions. It was just amazing. He's not the same quarterback. And it could be because he's upset that they didn't give him more weapons. They didn't do anything to replace Adams. And I don't feel sorry for him, too. I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. But right now, they're, well, they don't look like they're going to make the playoffs. No, they don't. They look like a complete mess. I mean, just to, to, to keep, put it as nicely as I can, they look like an absolute mess right now in Green Bay. On the complete opposite side of that is uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, who just continue to win games, and uh, they look like they're getting better and better in each and every week. I mean, how, how real is this Eagles run? It's strange to me when I see how well the Eagles and the Dolphins are playing with Jalen Hurts and Tua Tagovailoa 
and think that last year both those teams tried to trade for Deshaun Watson. Don't you know that their their fan base is so excited because they did not pull off the trade for Watson. Jalen Hurts played very well for a team that can run the ball. He's not turned it over, and uh, he's made improvement each year. Tua, if he can stay healthy, he showed he can be an elite quarterback. But man, oh, man, he's had injury issues. Every year he had a missed year. He hope he doesn't have another one because they are exciting. And uh, the Eagles, I watched them against the Texans. They were favored by 13 and a half, won by 12. Nothing out of the ordinary with them, but I'm sure they were bored. When it comes to Josh Allen, we don't know the extent of his injury yet, but if he is going to miss significant time, who do you think is going to emerge as the number one team in the AFC? Kansas City. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, it's got to be the yep. Chiefs as long as Patrick Mahomes is healthy. Josh Allen thinks he can play with the injury. We'll see. We don't know. And uh, But if he's out, Case Keenum's in, and Case is a capable backup, but that's what he is, a backup, not a starter. Right, no doubt about it. Well, John, fantastic stuff as always, my man. What do you got coming out on gallerysports.com that we should be on the lookout for? I've got a column today uh, about Dusty Baker coming back and what the the Astros need to do in the offseason, starting with Baker, Click, and Justin Verlander. And then I have Texans observations on sportsradio610.com. Tell you what, I've never covered a winner ever. Now I have. It's been a lot of fun. I bet. It'll be tough going back to the Texas. <laughs> <laughs> John, before we let you go, I didn't get to ask you about Mattress Mac. He won a, a nice amount of money, a nice little chunk of change there. $75 million he won. Woo. But he has sold millions of dollars worth of furniture. People that he bought at least $3,000. The Astros won the World Series. You know, everybody got it free, free, free. Nice. And he's given a lot of refunds. I bet. I bet he is. That's awesome. That really is. And I just love what he does there in Houston. And, again, congratulations on the Astros winning, Dusty Baker winning. And and enjoy covering that winner, man. It's nice to cover winners. Um, I'm hoping that that happens sooner rather than later here as well with the Raiders. So uh, thank you so much, John. We appreciate you. Kevin DeMond, thank you very much. I'll talk to you next week. There he goes. John McClain, gallerysports.com, Sports Radio 610. And I tell you all the time, DeMond, it's not just me, right? I mean, covering a winner is a lot of fun. It really is. And now to be able to have John cover the Astros and then win the World Series, I can only imagine how much fun that is. And he said, now nah, I got to go back to the Texans. Because <laughs> <laughs> you could get a whole offseason about this, right. uh, about the Astros coverage. Yep. Jose Altuve, is this locked in his Hall of Fame candidacy? There's so there's many so fun much. things you can talk about with the winner. Right, exactly. And that's just, you know, it just it is what it is. Again, from the high school level all the way up, lots of fun to cover a winner. And just like last year, I mean, even though we went through all kind of trials and tribulations last year, Man, getting to the playoffs, that was, I mean, tell me that wasn't a hell of a run. Those last four games of the season, that was fantastic, right? Just those, I mean, you can't have them every year, but it was it was a lot of fun to hold on to and, and be a part of last year. And uh, we're hoping that they get back to that, you know, and get back to that. And the fan base is happy. The coaches are happy. The players are happy. The city is happy. Mm-hmm. Everybody's happy. That's all we want is a little happy. Coming up at 3.30, Vinny Bonsignor, he'll join the show to talk more about the Jonathan Abram release, the wave, uh, what that means for the silver and black and what they could be thinking. That'll be at 3.30. Be coming up next, your calls and texts. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Coming up at 3.30, Vinny Bonsignor, Morning Tailgate here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And 
Las Vegas Review Journal, and he's our Johnny on the spot. He's our guy that gives us all the insight. So we had him pretty much every day last week while he was in Sarasota, Florida. But with the news of Jonathan Abram, definitely wanted to bring him on and give us uh, what his knowledge of the case is and what's going on behind the scenes with the silver and black and why today felt like the right day to release Jonathan Abram. But uh, here's some good information, some little nuggets from Paul Gutierrez from ESPN, another one of our good friends that joins the show quite regularly. With Abram's release by the Raiders, only 11 of the 23 players drafted in three years under Mike Mayock and John Gruden, just two of the six first-rounders are still with the team. The 11, Farrell, Jacobs, Crosby, Morrow, Renfro, Simpson, Robertson, Merrick, Kuntz, Diablo, and Hobbs. Per ESPN Stats information, there are 121 players who have logged at least 1,000 coverage snaps since 2019. Abram has allowed the second-highest completion percentage as a nearest defender among those players per NFL next-gen stats. Desmond King at 71.7%, Jonathan Abram, 707 uh, also, he said, I think that was it. Also compared how Abram did when he was lined up against a slot receiver versus when he was in traditional safety alignment, he was far better as a safety. So there you go. Um, just a couple of little different nuggets there on John Abram, who was released today, a former first-round draft pick. And uh, there's got to be something going on behind the scenes. We just had John McClain on from gallerysports.com and also Sports Radio 610 in Houston and covering the league for a very long time. And if they felt like now was the time where they needed to move on from him, there had to be something. There had to be something there that made them feel like, okay, this was this is what it's supposed to be. Uh, did you get to the poll stat about the um, completion percentage allowed? Uh, the 70%? Uh, no, this is the um, completion percentage when he was the nearest defender since 2019 yeah. as the slot corner. Oh, 80, no. 81%. Oh, no, I didn't see that. That ranks 98th out of 101. Oh, geez. So yeah. where you say like, oh, maybe. Yeah. I do think that it's just, hey, man, we're going to do you the solid. Right. You know, maybe you can catch on somewhere well, else. Well, and you saw, I mean, we talked to Jonathan, uh, John, Jonathan, we were talking to John McClain about it, and he said, well, the, Raiders, uh, the Texans need safeties help, so maybe they'll make a claim for him, right? I mean, so there's obviously going to be teams that are interested. He's not going to go without a job. That's for sure. Jonathan Abram's going to get, you know, picked up by somebody. It's just somebody who says, "Okay, this is what we're going to do with him." And that's all we've been saying about John Abram for the longest is that he could be a good player if used correctly. If you don't ask him to do something that he's not going to do and not do well. I mean, that's just the the the, the bottom that's the nuts and bolts of it. You got to do that. Got a, a text from the 707 man Q when you're right, you're right. As you said, when an opponent hasn't done something or is last in the league for something, that changes when they play the Raiders. This is not the first season for this. It's not new. You're right. Absolutely right. And that's going back to the point of what you said about Sam Ellinger and the fact that he hasn't thrown a, a touchdown in the league yet. Remember, I mean, when the Raiders hosted the Texans, what did we say? It's a game that they should win. Davis Mills, don't let him get comfortable and make him look good. What did Davis Mills do? He looked good. Real good. He looked real good. They were winning in the fourth quarter. So, you know, that's, you know, as, as the Raiders host the Colts on Sunday, and again, the rest of the week we're going to have plenty to break down when it comes to the Indianapolis Colts. But, man, they, they're, they're not a good team. They're not. And it's, it's funny for me to say, as the Raiders only have two wins as well, you can say the same thing. They're not a good team. People in Indy on the radio there are saying, well, the Raiders aren't a good team. That's fair. But, man, this team is coming in, a wounded duck, has an interim coach, and I know sometimes with that interim coach, especially the first week, they'll get a little extra juice, they'll get fired up. But when you have a quarterback and that hasn't thrown a touchdown, you have an offensive line that can't block. I know they, they can run with Jonathan Taylor when he's there. I know he's expected to play this week. But, I mean, what does that mean? They can't defend. I mean, Derek Schultz rolled it all out there. Basically, he pretty much without saying they can't do anything right, he basically said they can't do anything right. So the Raiders cannot allow them to all of a sudden treat them like a get-right game. 
oh yeah, hey, no problem. Can't do this? You will now. Like, I'm expecting to see multiple sacks from Max Crosby on Sunday. I really am. That's my expectations. I never, you've never heard me go on the, on the radio or any podcast and say, I expect multiple sacks from one guy. I'm expecting Max Crosby to have multiple sacks. This is one of those games that the old-time players, the guys that, you know, are, are in the Hall of Fame now, they, if you listen to, like, NFL films or you watch NFL Network when the old cats are being uh, interviewed, they always would say, and Michael Irvin used to say it a lot on ESPN as well, he would say that there's certain games and certain teams that would be on your schedule that would, you would call your Pro Bowl games. Like, okay, this is going to be the game where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get those stats. I'm going to get this, those incentive games. I need to get this. I need to hit a certain, certain number. Boom, this is going to be my game. And one, you never wanted to be a team that that was an opposing team or opposing player circled you on the schedule as, oh, yeah, this is the game where I'm going to get all those stats, the ones I need for my Pro Bowl or my incentives in my contract. But there's, I mean, that's a, that's a real thing. Uh, we'll ask Lincoln about it at 4 o'clock. That's a real thing. And I don't know what kind of incentives they have for offensive linemen. I really don't. But I'm sure that they're there, right? I mean, every contract is incentive-laden. They got all kind of different incentives. If you do this, that, and the other, if you become a pro bowler, you get this kind of bump in your pay. I mean, look, contract years and, 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 and playing for different incentives and, and bonuses is a real thing. It's a real thing. So the Raiders can't allow themselves to you know, let this team that is coming into Allegiant Stadium on Sunday discombobulated and looking like a wounded duck, they can't allow them to go into the stadium and get comfortable and have themselves a day. And on the flip side of that, the Raiders need to really take advantage. If, if there was a, a time, has there ever been a time, DeMond, in your life where you just wanted to whoop someone bad mm-hmm. for one reason or the other? That's how the Raiders need to come out of the locker room on Sunday and say, you know what, damn it, we want to whoop someone bad. You want to talk about like the get-right game and the bounce-back game? I wanted to find the quote. That's what I was doing here. Travis Etienne, after the game? Yeah. We wanted it more than them. It was clear. There so the go. other teams are talking about you. So right. we talk about this Colts team where, hey, they're, maybe they're going to be playing you know, for the new head right. coach. They're going to be playing right. inspired. Everyone's saying that we can't play. Our quarterback hasn't thrown a touchdown pass in his career. They might come out and say, hey, this is the game for us. We want it more. This yeah. is our incentive game. Yeah. The Jaguars, they sorry. And look what the, look what the Jaguars were able to do to them. Look, the Jags, the Jags have lost five games in a row. Exactly. So they were hungry. They were backed into the corner. And I always say, man, a team that's backed into the corner, it's like a wounded dog or a wounded animal, right? The only way to get out of that corner when you know you're, you're, you're trapped in the corner is to fight your way out. The Jaguars did it. On Sunday, I expect the Raiders to do it as well. 328 is the time. When we come back, Vinny Bonsignor will join the show. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. And it's time to go inside the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Sponsored by Embajador Tequila and presented by the Realty One Group. And Vinny Bonsignor joins us now on the phone lines. And Vinny, we do appreciate your time. Normally wait till a little bit later on the week to talk to you on the show. But uh, since we got the news today, you tweeted out that Jonathan Abram was being waived by the Silver and Black. And uh, I'm not really surprised that he's not in the future plans of the team as they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. I am, however, surprised uh, about the timing. Uh, why was now the right time to, to waive Jonathan Abram? Uh, I think they saw what they needed to see, um, and they felt like uh, moving on was the right course of action uh, to take. I feel like they, they want to give some younger players an opportunity to show that they can be part uh, of, of the plan moving forward. Jonathan wasn't, and so the decision was to just go ahead and cut ties now and give some other players uh, an opportunity. You got to, you know, I think everybody needs to keep in mind that, you know, talking to Dave Ziegler last week in Florida, um, you know, a lot of this year was going to be about evaluation and kind of really figuring out what they really have. It's one thing to see guys on film and, 
you know, to, to, to get secondhand information on, on them. But you're not really going to know um, until you are around people on a day-to-day basis uh, and really get to see them play in your um, system and your scheme to really decide or get a better handle on, hey, are they part of the future or um, not, basically. And Jonathan Abram um, is, is one of the guys that's not going to be part of the future. And uh, rather than waste everybody's time um, just playing him and, and maybe even denying somebody else an opportunity, they just decided uh, to go ahead and move it and make that decision now. Are there a couple guys that maybe you're aware of or you've seen, you know, and I know that we're not really seeing practice, we're seeing stretching, but is there a couple guys that you think, all right, maybe that guy could slide into a role and get a little bit of an increased playing time without Abram uh, in front of him? Um, well, I think Isaiah uh, Palomau is, is a guy that they want to get a look at. We'll see if um, he gets called up from the practice squad. Uh, the Rams just released the safety. Uh, I would imagine that he'd be somebody, uh, a person of interest, um, whether it's you know in the building right now or on the roster or somebody from the outside that they want to give uh, a look at. I think this opens up that opportunity. So um, if there's there really isn't anybody specific, I'd say. Right, yeah. uh, I think Isaiah, just being here, uh, is somebody that you know they'd like to see get on the field and see what he, what he can do because a lot of this, again, trying to win games now, but also trying to get a better handle on, on what moves need to be made in the future. Let me ask you this real quick. Was it somewhat of a doing a solid for, for Abram as well, giving him an opportunity to latch on with someone else? Um, I guess a little bit of that. Um, there were some talks, uh, some trade talks uh, that occurred, but uh, there were no firm offers made for, for Jonathan Abram, um, you know, in spite of some of the talks that, that, were, that you know, uh, came about. Uh, but this does obviously give him an opportunity to maybe get a jump start on, on his future. Uh, I would imagine teams like Seattle uh, could be interested. There are some teams that could probably use him, at least get him in their building and, and see if he's going to be part of something that they can help right now or, or maybe part of the future. So, yeah, uh, this obviously definitely gives him an opportunity for, what, uh, nine more games or so uh, to show some team what he's capable of doing. Talking right now with Vinny Bonsignor here on Radio Nation Radio 920 on Necessary Roughness. DeMond's got one for you. We know that Abram probably wasn't going to be back after this year, but do you think that any other players could be looking over their shoulder, hey, I could be next, or was this play just that bad so far this season? Uh, I, I definitely think there's some players uh, that, you know, um, should be concerned about that. Uh, I think there's going to be some wholesale changes, whether it's this year, uh, the rest of this year, or, or next year on defense. And I think there's some specific things that the Raiders want to do and get started on uh, ASAP. They're not going to give up on the season and, and you know, they're not going to make moves just to make moves. Uh, but, but I think there's a plan in place defensively. Uh, it's not happening right now, um, and there's a prototype that they're looking for. They want to bring in higher IQ players uh, that can carry out what Patrick Graham is trying to do uh, on a more consistent basis. So between now uh, and next offseason, um, I would say expect a lot of changes defensively, for sure. You just said higher IQ players. So when it comes to this Patrick Graham defense, is that been like something that you've been hearing that, hey, some players on the defensive side just aren't being able to pick up the schemes that he's trying to put in place? Yeah, I think that's definitely um, something that's going on. And when I say IQ, I mean football IQ, you know. Um, so want to make that want to make that clear. Right, right. Um, you know, and, and, and so, um, yeah, uh, you know, what, you know, in, in talking uh, to people here, um, I think one of the things that they want to stress and they really want to be about is having a team that can execute at the highest level. Uh, and sometimes that means taking it up a notch from a game plan perspective. I always go back 
to the Patriots and, and the Rams. If you remember that Super Bowl, yeah, it was boring uh, from a fan's perspective, but it was really a chess match. Uh, Wade Phillips brought his best effort. Bill Belichick brought his best effort defensively. And both teams kind of surprised each other defensively. They were able to do that by completely changing what they had been doing on a, what, a two weeks notice or so to get ready for a Super Bowl. That's what you have to be able to do to win at the highest level. And that's what the Raiders want to do. That's what this group wants to eventually uh, build. And you can't do that unless you have players capable of executing it and, and being able to learn it on the fly and be able to apply it in a very quick basis. Remember what Patrick Graham always talked about, uh, what Josh McDaniels has talked about, being able to change from a week-to-week basis. That's one of the strengths that where they've come from in the past, that's one of the strengths of those teams and one of the characteristics of those teams. Hey, what's the game plan going to be uh, this week? Well, it's going to be to stop that particular team, even if that means changing what you're doing to fit the defensive scheme to play that team that you're playing that week. That means you have to have a level of intelligence to be able to carry that out on a weekly basis. And right now, I think it's safe to say the Raiders aren't there yet uh, from a personnel standpoint. There's a lot of evaluation that's going on. Uh, There's a lot of decisions that are being made on who's going to stay and who's going to go. And there's already starting um, right now a process of whether it's on the college ranks, uh, planning for free agency during the offseason. There's already plans that are being put in place to bring in those types of players, guys that can carry out things at a very high level. Vinny Bonsignor is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Me and you haven't actually talked since the Raiders lost to the Jaguars and lost another 17-point lead for the third time this season. But, you know, I, I've heard you talk to the players in the locker room, and we thank you for all that uh, and that sound that you sent back. It was great stuff. But uh, as far as that happening on a consistent basis, that's three times in eight games so far this season. Where would you point the finger at? What would you say is the root of the issues when it comes to collapses like that? Man, um, to me, it does go across the board, and that uh, includes, you know, uh, on the sidelines and some of the adjustments that are or not being uh, made. Two things that that really jump out at me, though, Q. Uh, One is the offensive line's ability to play well on a consistent basis. When you have a lead, uh, what do you want to do? You want to be able to, you know, get long extended drives, whether it's to score more points. Obviously, that's the biggest goal. But also run clock, control the line of scrimmage, control the pace of the game. Um, and if the run game's not there, as it hasn't been these last couple of weeks, be able to protect your quarterback enough to continue to do what you were doing um, against the Titans. They weren't able to continue what they were doing because the offensive line was having major breakdowns throughout that game, even when you know, Derek and Devontae were hooking up. It was still kind of in spite of some things that were going on on the offensive line. That's number one, getting a better offensive line. Number two, you know, when you play with a lead, look, let's go back to the Saints-Raiders game. When the Saints got out to a lead, that was when their defense started having a lot of fun. That was when they were having a party at the quarterback. That's when they were able to dig into the playbook and start sending guys on blitzes and making life difficult for the quarterback. But they have the players that are capable of doing that. When the Raiders have gotten leads, those three times that we talked about, when it's supposed to be the funnest time of all for the defense and trying to get after the quarterback, pinning their ears back, they haven't been able to do that. How much? When have we seen them be able to really just dictate you know, uh, the, uh, the, the action defensively and really just get at the quarterback time and time again? Instead, we've seen Trevor Lawrence just sit back there uh, and be able to make pretty easy throws. Uh, Kyler Murray uh, did, did, did the same thing. And, of course, Patrick Mahomes 
you give him any kind of uh, opening, he's going to take it. That one was kind of expected. But when Kyler Murray and Trevor Lawrence are, are pretty much chewing you up, uh, and you can even go back to that Houston game, there were there were opportunities that Davis Mills just missed, wide-open guys that he just missed because he's just not there yet as a quarterback. But the Raiders were definitely giving him openings as well. So uh, to me, it's the defense, the lack of uh, uh, ability to create pressure uh, and defend it on the back end and not having a dominant offensive line that's going to be able to, when you get a lead, just be able to say, all right, you know, we're going to take it from here and we're going to control the line of scrimmage and do whatever we want to score more points and drain clock. Speaking of Sunday's loss for the Raiders, Devontae Adams, when you talked to him in the locker room, he made a lot of statements, and he said there's no need for it to be any spicier than it is what he's saying because he just said it. He was just saying what needed to be said. How did that go over with other players in the locker room and the coaching staff? I think, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm sure Devontae's talking um, for some of his guys, and I'm sure he's had conversations along those lines with, with Derek and some other players. Uh, there were definitely some animated conversations that were going on. Uh, in the locker room after the game, um, we kind of all picked up on it. We all saw what was going on. Um, it's one of the reasons, you know, talking to Devontae, those questions started coming about. Uh, we also asked, you know, Derek Carr um, about it because it was pretty clear what was going on in the locker room. So I think he's definitely speaking for some of the players and, and talking about, you know, hey, if, if something is working, got to stick with it. And I, I understand where Devontae is coming from and, he is right uh, to some extent, but at the same time, and, and he brought this up as well, this wasn't a one-sided, Devontae's going to get a stick and just go clobber Josh McDaniels with it. He, he said, um, you know, uh, and alluded to, execution needs to be better too, and that the coaches have a right to say, hey, um, yeah, you know, we need to do better too, but you guys need to do better as well, um, you know, executing. So it's kind of a, 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 a two-headed thing that's going on right now where, they're not able long enough for long enough periods of time just to be able to execute at the high level uh, and maybe be able to keep their foot on the gas because certain things are breaking down as well. No doubt about it. Vinny Bonsignor is our guest. And Vinny will wrap up with this. Uh, we asked the uh, Raider Nation, I asked earlier as we started the show, uh, the Raiders have nine games left. What do they want to see from the Silver and the Black these, and Silver and Black these last nine games? What do you think Dave Ziegler, Champ Kelly, Josh McDaniels, Patrick Graham, what do you think they're looking for these final nine games? Um, you know, uh, from the defensive side of the ball, who they can count on. Um, you know, when you look at this defense, Max Crosby, Nate Hobbs, I think those are two guys that you can confidently say, all right, yeah, those are guys that, that, you, that, that are part of the, the, the answer moving forward. I think Rocky Sin, um, you know, is putting himself into that category as well. But they need other guys to define themselves as long-term, you know, Raiders. And right now, um, I'm kind of at a loss to figure out who, who you would want to, to move on uh, in the future with. So I think they need to see players step up defensively. Trayvon Merrick, you know, take that mm-hmm. next step. Unfortunately for Divine Diablo, that's not going to happen for him. That's a, that's a pretty serious injury that he, that he uh, suffered. So um, who among those young, uh, you know, Raider defensive players are going to announce themselves uh, as the future? You know, offensively, I think – you know, growing with this offensive system, learning this playbook, getting a better handle on it, getting a better command of it. Uh, I think they, they feel good with their with their core, Hunter Renfro, you know, uh, Darren Waller, Devontae Adams, um, De- uh, Derek Carr. But they need other guys uh, beside them, besides those guys, uh, to, to really step up. They need Darren Munford to, you know, continue to develop and, and maybe be the right guard or right tackle of the future. 
Um, they need Andre James to continue playing well or continue his development. Uh, Dylan Parham uh, as well. Uh, because they're not, there's not going to be any hesitation. If you're not bringing it, you're going to get replaced. And I think that you know guys are on alert uh, in that regard. Um, so for me, I think that's what Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels, uh, they want to see wins, of course. Right. But they also want to see who's going to be part of the future and who's not. Let me ask you this, because you mentioned Devon Diablo, and I know he was put on IR. Uh, is he a designated to return after four games, or is this a done deal record for the season? I mean, you know, uh, the type of injury that he suffered, and I know that uh, I saw the big cast that he had uh, on his on his arm. Um, you know, I'm not a doctor, so I, I, I don't know. And I, I don't think you have to make a designation anymore. I think right. you, know, you just have uh, an ability to bring guys back after a certain period of time. But um, the way he looked on, on Sunday after the game uh, with that cast, it's hard for me to uh, – to sit here and say that you know, you know, he's going to come back after four games. Right. Uh, that, it looks like a more serious injury than that. That makes sense. No, that makes a whole lot of sense. So, and that's why we bring you on, Vinny, because you got the, all the details and all the insights. So, what do you got coming out on the RJ that we need to be on the lookout for? Well, definitely talking about uh, the Jonathan Abram move, and um, you know, it's 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 just one more first round pick that didn't work out. And when yeah. you look at it, you know, the the last six first round picks, only one really, Josh Jacobs. Um, has has really you know produced anything, and a bunch of those guys aren't with the team. And you know when you start talking about they could have had Christian Derrissaw, but they drafted Alex Leatherwood uh, instead. You know when when you start really looking at things, they yeah. could have had Brian Burns right now. There's a lot of guys they could have had, yep. but didn't because they reached on guys. And so that's a little bit of what I uh, what I wrote uh, today. Um, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of, you know, if you're a Raider fan, you're probably not going to be happy when you read it because it just brings back bad memories. Right. No, but it's a reality. It really is. There's so many. I mean, the yep. list goes on and on about the guys that they could have had, probably should have had, and didn't have. So, uh, Vinny, great stuff as always, my man. Always appreciate your efforts, not only on the morning tailgate, but also in the RJ and uh, providing us with some great content here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So, thank you so much, my man. All right. Thank you, guys, too. Have a great show, too. All right. You, too, brother. There he goes. Uh, Vinny Bonsignor, who is uh, making the show great by being a part of it. We definitely appreciate Vinny and all his efforts. And, no, he got the insights, and he's talking to the people that, you know, we, we want to talk to and get information from. So I thought that was a really good, detailed conversation with one Vinny Bonsignor. 347 is the time. We'll come back, close out hour number two. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. A lot of good stuff to unpack from Vinny Bonsignor. Join us in the last segment talking about the release of Jonathan Abram. Talked about what he thought. Thought it was pretty intriguing too. What he thought that the regime, the coaching staff are looking for. You know, the last nine games of this 2022 season. Looking for guys that they feel like they can move forward with. And that's kind of what my my podcast was about today on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. It was just about, especially on the defensive side of things, you know, who who are guys that you feel comfortable and know that this this regime is going to want to move forward with? And I was like Vinny. I said Max Crosby and Nate Hobbs, no doubt about it. I had them in, like, tears. I had Max Crosby and Nate Hobbs, no doubt about it. I had guys like Trayvon Merrick and Devon Diablo and who else? Rock as guys that you feel... Like, they have a spot, but they have to continue to, to prove it and show it. And, you know, I know Raider Mac calls in a lot and talks about Trayvon Merrick. I'll be the first to admit, as a guy who is always back Trayvon Merrick and really, um, you know, I, I think very highly of him, he's definitely taking a step back. I don't know if it's the scheme. I don't know if it's the injury to the hip. I don't know if it's a combination of both. 
but he hasn't played to the level that he played last season. Now, I do think he's still going to get a little bit of um, opportunity because he has he did have a really good rookie year, in my opinion. Uh, and I think that many could, would agree he had a good rookie year, but I think he still has a lot to prove, just like a Devon Diablo, who I know leads the team in tackles, but a lot of those tackles are, are catching up, not point-of-attack tackles, right? And I'm at the oil last night watching the Ravens and Saints, and man, I don't know how many other people from Raider Nation were thinking the same thing I was thinking is, man, it sure would be nice to see a defense playing like that, right? You're seeing Roquan Smith, newly acquired Roquan Smith, making hits on Kamara in the backfield, just drilling them. You're seeing Roquan Smith make tackles on Kamara coming out of the backfield where it's him and, and Greengrass. If Roquan don't make the play, Kamara's still running, and he makes it the play at the at the you know point of attack. You're seeing, I think there was about four batted balls, and I said this while we were at the Oyo. We were sitting around. I was sitting around watching the game with a few friends. I I, uh, I saw about four batted balls at the line of scrimmage, and I, I told whoever was sitting around me that I don't think the Raiders have four batted balls at the line of scrimmage all season. I know two. I know two or three off top. I believe Max has gotten a couple, and Klee got one last week against uh, against Trevor Lawrence. I remember that. So those are three that I remember off the top of my head. Point is, I shouldn't be able to remember all the batted balls, right? It's just certain. It's little things, right? You just you see defenses be opportunistic. You saw Justin Houston, who oh by the way is older than Chandler Jones, right? And a lot less. He's getting paid a lot less. He was one of the the last the last guys to get signed in free agency. You see how many sacks he got last night? Not on the season, which, by the way, he'd be leading the, uh, the Raiders in sacks right now. But he had like two and a half sacks last night alone and an interception. Two and a half sacks and an interception. As I was watching that game, you know, they always say, don't, don't covet what you, the next man has. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they say, don't do that. Don't look at what your, your neighbor has and want what they have. But, man, when I see that defense and I see them out there performing, I'm like, man, just think if the Raiders had that with the offensive opportunity that they have. Also, Justin Houston, three straight games of at least two sacks. How many sacks did he have on season eight? At least? Let me check. So if you add up the two that he's had, so that's six He had two and a half last night. He had two and a half last night, and he had an interception. I know that for a fact. But I think that he, I think, I think he has, I think he's around eight. Yeah, he's at eight. There you go. 8.5. Oh, sorry. Eight and a half. So yeah, he would lead the, the Raiders in sacks right now. And again, I get it. You know, you can look at anybody across the league and say, okay, well, this player, you put him there. Not necessarily saying they'd have the same production. But man, wouldn't it be nice to see that? I would love to see a defense that made plays like that. And a defense that you expect to see batted balls. You expect to see a guy like, I think Calais Campbell had two batted balls himself. You know, and, I, and Max is getting really good at anticipating when that ball is going to come out and jumping. And he's long. So I'm expecting sooner rather than later, Max is going to start knocking some of those down more consistently. Because if you notice, especially in that Jacksonville game, he was getting up there. But Trevor Lawrence is a big dude. He's a big, tall dude. So, uh, you know, when, even though Max was timing it right, the ball was just still going over his head just barely or going out over his outstretched uh, arms a little bit. But if that's a part of the game that Max could add is knocking the ball down at the line of scrimmage, that, that would be, that'd be great. You know, he's done it a few times this year, but if he could do it a few more and do it a little bit more consistently, like when J.J. Watt was in, a, in his prime of his career, what was he, J.J. Swat? Yep. I mean, that's all he did is, is knock the ball down. If he knew he wasn't going to get to the quarterback, cool. Let me knock the ball down. And I know it's only last – it's last night's game, so that's why we're talking about it. Hey, it was the only game on. But Taysom Hill completed one pass and only had one rush for six yards. So I know that this Baltimore mm-hmm. defense, they're, they're clearly better than the Ravens de- – right. I mean, than the Raiders defense, but mm-hmm. it's like, man – 
How could they not try to replicate some of that? And I'll just say it, they only scored one touchdown on them because that one touchdown where Marcus Peters basically get given up, the whole Ravens defense gave up because they said, oh, he stepped out of bounds. We're going to let him go. Right. They gifted the Saints a touchdown <laughs> right. and still didn't need to worry about it. Right. No doubt. No doubt. A couple quick texts that we get to. Uh, Trayvon Merrick, this is from the... 408. Trayvon Merrick last year played single high and was asked not to let anyone get behind him and to make more tackles and plays in front of him. This year, his role is expanded. He's not showing the ability to play a more expanded role at free safety. He looks to be a special teams player and a backup free safety in this scheme with this staff. Well, that's what I was just saying. I said that he regressed, <laughs> right? I literally just said he regressed and he has a lot more to prove that he can thrive in this scheme. And remember, he's only been in eight games and he hasn't even played in eight because he missed a couple with the hip injuries. So, yeah, I agree. I said the exact same thing. He's got a lot to prove, but you know he's a guy that you've seen it and you saw what he was able to do last year. So that's why I think he's going to get a little bit more love because he was asked to do that as a rookie. Even though it's a different scheme, he was asked to do a certain thing and he went out and did it. So you're assuming that, and I'm assuming, maybe throughout the course of the year he'll either improve or he won't, but he'll show who he is. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's why I put him in the category of guys who you think are going to be good, but they have to prove it, and he has regressed. Exact words I just said. He had regressed. 3.57 is the time. We come back. Lincoln Kennedy will join the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.